Welcome to the Open House Podcast. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics. Today's other odd topic, I'm not really sure, but we're going to talk about the 2011 World Championships in weightlifting. What's up, Tyree? Hey, James. This is a, another early day. I'll be honest. Ooh. I woke up, checked my phone, and you guys said podcast 10 minutes. I was like, all right, let's let's do it. So I slept later than I ever do. But I was also up randomly from like 3 to 6.30. So I don't know if that really counts. Yeah, I don't know. I guess your total amount of sleep is important, but then also sleeping straight through. Um, you know, George said he uh, he might he might show up on here in a little while. He got stuck at uh, at Tractor Supply. It's a uh, it's a nice manly excuse of why you have to miss a podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm out here buying a tractor and fucking shit up. I don't know things I've never said. Things I have never said. Oh, you've never been to Tractor Supply? Never once. It's a cool. It's a cool store. Um, that's uh, that's where you can get like those horse troughs for like ice baths, and uh, you know they've got a bunch of other stuff too. They've got like they just got things that you don't have at your normal tool store. Um, you know, Home Depot has just like your generic things that everybody needs, but then Tractor Supply it'll have some of those, and then it'll have like axles. And, you know, trailer axles and just stuff like that. Giant 500-gallon water tanks, you know. Horse troughs. Uh, But I guess if you don't need it, I don't know. I don't know what you would, uh, what would bring you in there. George is being productive. That's that's, that's a good thing. I'll say that. Yeah. We'll have to take, like, guesses on what he's buying. Um. I mean, what can you get there? It's How in relation to the gym. Like, where is he staying? How much space does he have? I, since he's moved to the Carolinas, I haven't, I haven't seen. I, I have no idea. <laughs> mm. um, I have no idea how much space. It's probably not like gym stuff. It's probably actually like um, work stuff is my guess. But if you were going to go to Tractor Supply, I wonder if they sell chains. You could probably get chains for like, mm. you know, doing squats with chains. Um, you could probably get uh, like toe straps, like if you're going to hang up some rings. Mm. I don't know what else you would get at Tractor Supply for a gym. But there's a lot of stores that you just go to and you just get gym equipment that's not traditional. And I think Tractor Supply would be one of them. That makes sense. Moving heavy stuff. Speaking of that, <laughs> moving heavy stuff. Uh, what's his name? Nino. Every time I see that tattoo, it just makes me think about it. Have you noticed Nino's tattoo on his uh, back left shoulder? Nope. What Nino is that uh, Italian uh, mm-hmm. 89? Is he 89? Yep. Yeah. He has a cat, to- uh, uh, a cat tattoo. Oh, so he's like a, a cat, cat guy. No, like the moving, like the, um, like, Oh, the heavy equipment. Yes, the heavy equipment. Yeah, okay. 
And I saw it. I thought I like I saw half of it once. I'm like, is that really it? And there was one day I he took off his single and walked off. And that's really like that's really a tattoo. And he's strong enough to get away with that. So if anybody's gonna do it, let's have yeah. it be the eighty nine who's clean jerking two twenty. Yeah. Well, you know that uh who is it? Dylan Cooper. Mm-hmm. He came up with his company. It's called like Dozer Weightlifting. Um and that was uh that was Travis Cooper's nickname in high school was Dozer. Um mm-hmm. cuz like they were supposed to be so strong you're like a bulldozer. Um ah so like that was kind of the it's kind of a cool thing, you know, for strength athletes to kind of make that uh that crossover. All right. Who makes cat tractors? Um, I'm trying to see if it was like made in uh no, it was in Illinois. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't get how, where, well, I mean, I get the connection, but they're not Italian. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just, so who knows? I'm, sure I'm going to look up that guy. Nino. What's so, it, I guess Instagram is probably where you find that. Yep. What's it? What's his Instagram? I think it's just his name. Nino. Um. Yep. Nino underscore Pizzolato. Pizzolato. Yeah. Sometimes those Italian names get hard. You know, I'm like 25 percent Italian, and I still have trouble with <laughs> Italian names that were not my grandmother's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, American tractor culture getting appropriated into Italy. Of course, you can't see it on any of his Instagram posts because they're all in front of him. But yeah, nothing. <laughs> oh wait, I think I found one where he's getting it. Oh yeah, it's cat, and then it's got a barbell. Um, that's kind of funny. Um. I like it. I like it. Just because it's it's definitely one of those ones that you see and you like take a double take. Like, is that really? Ah, uh, that's cool. And if you see him in Walmart, you're confused. But you see him in the warm up room and you understand. Oh, he's moving things. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see it in Walmart and you're confused. I like that because you know you get uh, you get confused there sometimes. Don't let it fool you. <laughs> um, there might be some real reason for that odd tattoo. Yeah, I thought you were talking about like a straight up cat, which you know, cats kind of make sense in weightlifting. Cat is a like a a feline cat is like a pretty athletic animal. So, but not necessarily strong, right? You know, like they move well, but yeah, cats can go to powerlifting. I don't know, man. You see those videos of like cats like dragging alligators out of the water? <laughs> you know, point. they got a strong neck, but good point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that would like transfer to like men's gymnastics a little bit more. But the the animals that transfer to weightlifting and like the Russian bear um that one's a popular one in strength stuff. What else is gorilla? Mhm. That just made me think. Uh, remember back when I think it was two pooed. Yes, it was two pooed because Jamie got both pairs. Um, two pooed released a bunch of shorts with Harambe on them. 
That just oh, made me yeah. think about it. I forget. <laughs> they had one so, pair that was just, it, it went too far. It had him floating off into the clouds with holes <laughs> on the other side of the leg. And I'm like, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. Man. So there was a guy that trained with me and Travis a little bit after Muscle Driver closed. And his name was Tim Donigan. And he works for Tupud. And uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And I, it was around that time when he was training with us when that happened. And man, he was all about Harambe for like the longest time. And I'm pretty sure that's probably the person who uh, was instigating having those belts. <laughs> yep. I, I do remember who you're talking about. Yep. So that, uh, I get kind of sick of, sick of that, but there are some funny yeah. things. Um, yeah, two poop makes a pretty good belt. Mm-hmm. I had somebody um, try on one of mine yesterday to try to figure out what size they needed. One of the CrossFitters wanted to order one. I have a two poop belt in my bag that I only use for, well, I just, I like my thicker rogue belt. So I use the two poop belt for like, snatch grip stuff like if we're doing a like a heavy heavy snatch grip deadlift i'll use that because most of the time the thick rogue belt just gets in the way trying to get in the start position of a snatch for me ah what is that shit's getting crazy sparkling water hey yeah ever since we had that podcast where we said sparkling water seven thousand times (laughs) i started drinking it (laughs) because it's so good it's so good that's all you really need if you have sparkling water and bang what else do you need yeah i don't do the bang i've been doing still just doing straight coffee Um, I i got a bang set up for andrew tomorrow don't even worry about it andrew when you hear this i think it's the strawberry delicious one tastes like cheesecake Sounds like a lot, but it's really good. It's even got hearts on the can. Is Andrew coming to train with you guys? Yep, he's coming up tomorrow. Nice. So we'll, do, we'll do those nice, fun imams. Yeah. It's every other minute. Mm-hmm. I guess that's supposed to be like, I finally wrote it right. E2, the number two, M-O-M. Every two minutes on the minute. That makes more sense. Because um, I was trying to say like every other minute on the minute and that just got confusing um <laughs> yeah the two i've i've seen the two enough times in crossfit shout out to yeah CrossFit. i guess crossfit does a decent job with uh keeping things short and simple because if you can remember it when you're tired mm-hmm. it's simple enough i think that's a good uh yep. you know that's one of the big positives coming out from crossfit keeping things simple enough if it's too complex and you can't remember it when you're tired and you just mess it up you know that's no uh that's no fun Although that's what they do, I guess you you did this too, where you're like police academy, where they'd like give you a license plate, then you'd have to do it like an obstacle course and then recite the license mm-hmm. plate again. Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a skill in itself. I just I'll say I those things are normally easy for me, and I didn't I didn't realize that most people don't do this, but I can just see it. Like if somebody says it, I'll just write it in the air in my head. And I can just see it like a picture. So then I just look back up. I'm like, oh, I can still see it. It's whatever. Mm. So I can normally remember phone numbers and random stats. 
like it's yeah uh, that's how i normally remember f- numbers and stuff like that because i can li- literally just see it yeah that's interesting you know what's uh you know what that makes me think of i was i've been listening to this podcast and it's a little annoying because i feel like whenever these like high profile guys get on podcasts they're so reserved that they don't actually talk but mm-hmm. it's the mark uh, zuckerberg is that that's his name right the facebook yeah. guy Mm-hmm. and uh, Rogan Joe one. Rogan and he's just talking about Zoom and about like how Zoom meetings blend together because you're taking out the you know the physical aspect he's trying to sell his like virtual reality thing um but you're taking out that physical aspect of like you got a Zoom call and somebody's in your top right corner of your screen but then you're not in the top right corner of their screen so there's no like mirrored aspects of it and everything just blends together mm. but uh you know a way that you can remember something is you know visualizing something and then zoom and virtual reality on computers kind of takes that aspect out of it so you know Im- immediately thinking like how are people learning in that you know remote classroom probably not nearly as well as you know yeah. in person unless they can do something where you where you can just physically write it in your mind um, and I'll still say even those virtual classrooms that that is so much harder if I'm sitting and I never would have thought about this until you said it like that sitting in a classroom I would still do the same thing somebody would say something especially when I was younger and I would just like try to write it and see it and I was fine but then virtual classes none of that happens I just I am not a fan of virtual classes and being with high schoolers I didn't realize how many like i they can't go anywhere and they had to have school. They were online for school for two years and they're in high school. So half the time they were in high school, they went straight from middle school to online and now they're juniors or seniors and they've been in high school for a year. They just never went to high school. They went straight from middle school into this because all they did were online classes. And I just completely blanked on that whole thought. I didn't even think about it until it was a, one of the girls was a sophomore. She's like, oh, yeah, this I haven't been at school. We were online. And that's when it hit me. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I wonder what that generation will look like or like the implications of these things in different generations and what it'll, mm-hmm. how it'll change people. Because I'm sure that'll like be a major thing because, you know, like I think my generation – well, you're probably in there too, where like the first generation where like there was no phones mm-hmm. and they like started getting introduced. So we got a little bit of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody didn't have a phone in class. There's one or two people in your class that had one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nobody had them when I was. Uh, yeah, because people had razors that people started getting razors. So that's what it was for me. I was in middle school. And that's when you might have two or three people that have a razor in the class. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. No, I don't think college for, yeah, you would have been in, like getting, yeah, I think razors came out like near the end of my senior year of high school. Okay. Cause I vaguely remember. And then in college they started having them some more and maybe like iPhone uh, one came out when I was in college. Um, I remember like before iPhone, I guess it was Blackberry that everyone had, but I guess we're getting off a topic on, on weightlifting. 
Um, <laughs> the good old but, days. Uh, yeah. So oh. then, uh, you know what? Where were we? We were going to talk about uh, the good old days. Weightlifting. <laughs> 2011 right we're talking about phones, world championships and i've been watching all the old videos from back then and i just i don't know why i took a deep dive into this but well i've started playing as the kids are walking into the room i'm just sitting there before they get there so i'm playing old world championships and half the time they'll just stop and just watch it while we're waiting in between and then ask me how much it is because it's all in kilos <laughs> but i was watching the 20 uh, who was it now I'm thinking about it. It was 2017. I was playing there, and somebody asked me if it was 225, like pounds. I'm like, is that 225? It's like, no, that is 485 pounds. And they just stopped because it was a. I mean, it was it was it was a super, so it moved. It was a clean and jerk, and it moved really easy. So they just. That's when they realized, oh, okay. Um, but then I watched 2011 and 2011 might've been the most fun year to go back and watch. Yeah. So you sent the start list over there. Um, and there was just like a lot of, uh, a lot of people that everyone recognizes now. Right. And even, um, so this read, Oh, I think I might've sent you the, that was the list of the world champions and I, I haven't pulled up. I'll show you both of them. So they listed oh, this is the past winners. Yeah, yeah. The past winners. At no point did anybody in the early 2000s win the world championship just because it was easy. There was never a down year. If you won the world championships in the early 2000s, you were the greatest. You are a legend because it has 98 was Piros, 99 was Shaheen, 2000 was the Olympics. So, I mean, Piros, but then after that, you have Georgia Atsunitsi. Then after that, you have Zlatan. And then, how do you pronounce that? The Romanian who won in 03. Oh. Yeah, we'll skip that so we don't butcher his name. <laughs> yeah. V A L E R I U. Valeriu. Maybe. And then, then Ilya, that was 05, was the year that he won as a child, right? Wasn't he like 16 and hit the world record clean and jerk that year? I think that was the year. 2005, yeah, about yeah. 16. He was mm -hmm. born in 88, I think. And then you have Andre Ribikoff the next two years. Then Lou Young the year after that. It, like, it was just everybody who won the 85s in the early 2000s will be remembered for decades. There was no down year. Yeah, man, Andre Ribikoff, mm -hmm. freaking probably like a 190 snatch and a 200 kill clean and jerk. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, uh, the year in 2011, I'm watching, he still held the world record for snatch at 187 as an 80. Yeah. It, it was really impressive to watch him snatch. Um, and then he would like stand the snatch up pretty easy and then he'd clean and jerk 200 and he would just like barely stand it up. Yeah. And he, you know, he won it comes gold into this year, but couldn't clean and jerk. So he snatched, and granted, he was hurt in 2011, but he snatched, I think it was 178 for the gold and then clean and jerked 190. He was in the B session, but took the gold medal for snatch out of the B session. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I used to think like, you know, it would come into my mind about like athletes on drugs 
and I was always hesitant about Adrian Zielinski of whether he was on drugs or not. Um, I, I think I've talked about this before where I've got my red flag system. So if you've got like three major red flags, um, that's a sign that I'm starting to be suspicious that you're on drugs. One of them is winning the world championships is an automatic <laughs> red flag. You know, there's fair. just no way to get around it. It doesn't seem necessarily fair, but that's if you're that strong, yeah, that's it's a red stronger flag. Than everybody else that's taking drugs. So that yeah. is a red flag. And then the other one is, uh, you know, hitting world records, of course. Uh, but then, like, you look at him and you just think maybe he's just so naturally gifted as a snatcher and like that's just his thing because he's not overly strong like these other people right clean and jerking like a crazy amount and he's been pretty consistent you know for a large number of years not failing a drug test i'd be curious I actually have to look it up see if he ever failed a drug test but uh it makes me think that he's not on drugs and that he's just a you know a proportionate exact you know, how Glenn would put it, God designed him to be a snatcher and not anything else. Because, I mean, still clean and jerk 200 is pretty good, but it's... I, which, and I know this isn't fair. I know this isn't fair, but I throw away everybody from from the Thomas Ion years. I throw them all away. They were all on drugs. So when they talked about uh, Gabriel, Sinclair, Gabriel Sincrane, he talked about how after he won his medal... In 2016, Ion went to the back, shook first place his hand, second place his hand, skipped him, found the guy who was in fourth place and shook his hand. And he said that's when he knew that he was going to get popped. Because mm. Thomas just walked right past him. He's like, so before, and that happened before he walked out for his medal. He said, so he already knew they were going to take his medal. Um, so there's that stuff. They were talking about, I saw this yesterday on a video because I've just been watching all this old weightlifting stuff. Uh, uh, who was the kid, uh, the Polish kid who went at Khaki, who beat Khaki at Worlds back in 99? Um, oh, what's his name? Zelensky. Um, Simon, uh, Simon Kalecki? Yes. That's oh, okay. Yep. Um, he got popped in the 04 Olympics. Yes, he got popped in 04, came in second place in 08 when he came back. He lost to Ilya. Then when they retroactively popped Ilya, they gave the medal back to Simon, who was now clean and jerking like 10 kilos more than he did when he got popped. So we took a medal from somebody who was on drugs to give it to somebody else who was on drugs. Like it's just the early 2000s. That's just what it was like. That's. That I, I don't know. Yeah. It is what it is. And when you Ry- game, got tested after retesting his sample from the 2008 Olympics, got his medals taken from him. Yeah. Uh, doesn't yeah. nobody got banned for it. So there goes that idea. <laughs> yep. Rybakov was on drugs. <laughs> uh, one and of those high schoolers goes, asked me about that. He said, Are these guys on drugs? He said, How many of them do you think are on drugs? And again, it was an old video. It wasn't even 27. It was an older one. I said, All of them. All of them are. I said, but since they're all on it, I view them equally. Like it's it's not some people are gonna respond better to drugs the same way some people are gonna respond better to training. Like 
both of the guys that were on the screen at the time, one of them had been popped before. The other one hadn't, but pretty sure he was. Uh, and I told me it's just if that's if we view them all equally, it's okay. It's not like we're watching USA Nationals and we're like, oh well, that one guy might be on something. We think these other three are clean. You're watching old world championships. I think it's fair to say that Stanisall was flowing. Yeah. I mean, if I look down this list, <laughs> you could pretty much say every one of them. What Are you looking at the start list? Uh, or so, the, so the the winners from the 85s. Piros Dimas. Yes. Shaheen. Yes. 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 George. Yes. Yes. Vanev. Definitely yes. yes. Uh, the guy, uh, Romania. What? R-O-U. Ro- yeah. Rom- yeah. Romania. Yeah. Romania. Eastern European. Yeah. Kazakhstan. Yep. Ilya. Uh, now we just found out that Rybakov definitely was because um, he failed. Um, Yong Lu from China um, <laughs> yeah. probably never failed. Right. But likely. Never failed, but no. Uh, Adrian Zelensky, Poland. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's even stories of uh, who's that guy uh, that was the U.S. head? Zygmunt Smallsers. Mm-hmm. Um, he would talk about, I think he would let it slip every once in a while. Where he'd be like, oh, yeah, I was the coach. Um, but then he's like, yeah, then there was the chemist. And then there was this. And it was like the chemist was yeah. the, the pharmacist, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. That's what it was. Like, it's, I don't even get mad at them because that's what it was. It, when you just realize it's like looking at track and field, right? You know that all those throwers were on drugs in the 70s and 80s. For them, it was legal back then. So they were doped out of their lungs back in the 60s, 70s and 80s. So, oh, okay, we know that. That's why they, that's how, that's the way it was. It was legal. And then when they continued competing in the late 80s and early 90s and they weren't really testing them, they were still on drugs. It's like watching World's Strongest Man. Like, we know that they're on drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think it's, it's not, for not World's healthy Strongest Man. Right. It, it, technically, it's not legal. They tell them not to take drugs, but they also tell them that they're not going to test them. So, like... Yeah, that's, that's how the world's strongest man does it. That's a legal term right there. <laughs> you know, right. right. Um, yeah, they'd get in legal trouble if they were like, take these drugs. Oh, these drugs that you told me to take gave me liver failure. Even professional bodybuilding, even professional bodybuilding, um, they say that they're not supposed to take drugs. Um, there's been one guy, I believe there's one guy popped ever. And it was Jay Cutler, not ever, let me not say ever, but I think Jay Cutler was the last one to get popped back in 2002. And apparently it's because he didn't pay some fee that he needed to pay and he got his drugs through somebody that he shouldn't have. So then they popped him for drugs like they didn't know everybody was on drugs. So it was T- more tainted supplements. That. <laughs> <laughs> he got oh, some so tainted weird. supplements and then got huge. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, on one respect, I think that it's good that um, drugs and sport is policed because of the health aspects, and because it, it really is a thing. When you're young, you just can't see the long term effect. I don't know. Maybe I'm different. I I never had any issues with this. I always like, no, I'm not going to take drugs because I see 
the negative effects that it'll have long term. But I guess, you know, they've proven that some people, they just can't do that. And all that they can focus on is right here, right now, getting as good as they can. And, you know, the idea of, you know, having drug enforcement to kind of protect the younger individuals from that train of thought, you know, before you're, you know, when do they say your brain kind of starts slowing down and developing this, like in your mid twenties, you need to like let your brain fully develop before you can make life altering decisions like taking performance enhancing drugs. Um, so in that respect, and especially coming from me, since I have kids that I know will be involved in sport, I like the idea of having drug-free sport. I'll say I've never, and I, I think it's different because I've never been, well, I always felt like I was never good enough to take drugs. I'm not, I don't understand why somebody would take drugs to compete nationally to get a plastic medal, like that's the most that I'm trying to get right now. Mm -hmm. So that just doesn't make sense to me to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a plastic medal and like nothing for it. It, I just, I Mm -hmm. I was never good enough to eat for it to even make sense. Plus I could probably just eat a little more protein and stop eating lifesavers. And that might help me out too. So if you're not doing everything before you start taking drugs, don't start taking drugs. If I was somewhere where I was getting fifth or sixth at Worlds every year and I was clean, then I could see, I I understand it. If I'm getting fifth at Worlds three years in a row and I know the guys above me are on drugs and I know I'm clean, I'm thinking, man, a little bit of Stanazole today might have, like, that might get me there. So I can understand that, but I've just, I've never been tempted at all. I'm not good enough to be tempted. I think people take drugs when you go to the YMCA just to get big. Ah, but I'm fine with that because they're not competing. If you were competing in a sport that says don't take drugs and you were just at a local level, what yeah. are you what are you gaining? My old powerlifting coach who was on drugs, um, and he owned a gym in the eighties. So like <laughs> when drugs were in a five gallon bucket and you could just pick them out of the bucket. Skittles. Um, Yeah. Uh, He used to tell us, you know, don't get on drugs. The only reason you should ever get on drugs is if you're already at the top 10% of your field. So not the top 10% of population, but 10% of the, at nationals pretty much or worlds. And he says, then you could get on drugs. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't really take that to heart, but uh, I I guess I never made top 10 at worlds uh, uh, i think okay. my best was like 14th um or something like that but uh you know going back to that other point that you said is you know people at the ymca taking drugs you know what's popping up all over the place are these like hormone treatment places TRT. that we were talking about and like mm-hmm. everybody is getting on trt you know like it's just like the you can thing be in your mid twenties and get TRT, and I don't even understand how that makes sense. But yeah, oh, you, I got tested, and my doctor told me <laughs> it's like such an easy excuse, right? To like do it, it's just it, I don't know. They're definitely taking away the barriers for men to get on testosterone replacement therapy, mm-hmm. and I think those barriers were a good thing because, um, like you said. 
if you're not doing everything that you can to have higher testosterone on naturally, then why are you going to waste your time? You know, you should, you should just do all the natural stuff first. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want higher testosterone, you need to prioritize sleep. Well, I'll, I'll say I only feel that way if you are competing in a sport that doesn't allow drugs. If I wasn't competing in weightlifting and I just wanted to be big for no reason, cool, go get on something. I can understand that. But part of the reason, like I'm weightlifting, there are certain numbers that I feel like I'm capable of. I, I have certain numbers that I think I'm actually capable of hitting clean. I want to hit those numbers. Like I, I want to hit those numbers. I could start taking drugs and then probably hit them, but it's not the same because, yeah, I should have hit them. If I'm on drugs, then I should hit more than that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I differ from you on this one. If somebody just wants to get big, I don't think they should do it. I think there's too many health um, risks. That's just like I don't want to like go walk down the road and see like 50 people smoking cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, it's a good thing not to have every single person on TRT. I understand it. I don't necessarily agree with it. Like I wouldn't do it, but I completely understand the draw to it. I understand the draw of walking around and just being massive as hell and taking a bunch of drugs to get big to go to Walmart more than I understand somebody taking Stanazol to go to nationals. That makes no sense to me. Or just walk in there without a shirt and a cat tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get looks. You know, if you're looking for looks, there's lots of options for you. Um, But yeah, no, I I see that. You know, that's it's definitely like why do you go to get that draw when you're not when you're not competing in a sport or Olympic weightlifting or powerlifting or any of that? Why do people go to the gym? For some people, it's just. They enjoy going to the gym. It's just a mental relief. That's cool. Then you have other people that just want to look really good. And if you're going to the gym to look good, you could work really hard and get there in four months. Or you could take this little pill or shot and get the same results that you had gotten in four months in five weeks. So if that's your goal, why are they taking the long route? Like, I understand it. I'm not saying I would do it, but it makes sense to me. So I I can't even question those people because I get it. They're not, they're there just for looks. If you're there just for looks, they're going to take the fastest route to get the looks. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's, yeah, I keep going back to the long-term health benefits. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking of going on TRT, um, Think about it more. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, one, you can't compete in weightlifting if you're on TRT because um, they won't even give you a therapeutic use exemption for it. Um, so, you know, you kind of have that uh, that barrier to cross. Um, so I think we've beat that uh, pretty good. But it brings me to another topic. Uh, USAW announced a new CEO who was the previous COO of USADA. Wait, who is it? I, how did I not see this? Who is it? Um, oh, I always throw away my USAW emails because they always email me about nothing. Yeah, they do. Uh, I, I dislike when they email me about sponsors because I've even like 
unsubscribed from that one. Right. Um, but there's a funny story that I'll tell you in a minute about sponsors. Um, so the new guy is Matt uh, Sicko. Um, that's probably not how you say his name. Um, S-I-C-C-H-I-O. Siccio. Uh, Maybe this is one of those Italian names that I'm butchering. Uh. Can't even call myself Italian. Jeez. Um, <laughs> they also threw out this random shout out to a guy that snatched 105 on USA Weightlifting's page. Um, I don't know okay. why. But uh, hmm. he's from Hell's Hell's Bells Barbell or something, and uh, uh, they're uh, they're a West Side conjugate weightlifting gym. Um, but that's on their Instagram. Go check that out. Um, so the new CEO used to be part of uh, USADA, and now he's running into weightlifting. And then since then, I've I haven't heard anything. They're probably just doing a bunch of transitional type stuff. Hmm. That's. Kind of went under the radar, yeah, a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, man, I hate to say this, but I've given up on USA weightlifting. I just, I, I've given up on USA weightlifting. I didn't like them before. I, I'm speaking for myself, not James. So James is is fine. I, 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 I think the like longer USA weightlifting that you're in weightlifting, the more people end up feeling like that. Um, especially like the old blood. Cause I remember when I first got into weightlifting and I used to think, why are these old guys so <laughs> bitter about weightlifting? And there That's was us. a recent post from Bob DeCano. Um, the Bob, Bob's was kind of funny cause he just didn't understand. I guess true coach started taking, um, doing a sponsorship with USAW hmm. and Bob DeCano read that as true coach is going to run coaching education. Uh, instead of the coaches, but I, I just don't think he understood. He just misunderstood it. That uh, True Coach is just an app where you put workouts in, um, and it's it's where a coach could put. I don't know. I don't know exactly how they're going to use it, but he just misunderstood it. But he immediately went to ah fuck USAW, they're <laughs> destroying. You know, like that was his first thought. Like. How he got there is because, you know, USAW does some weird stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it all seems logical when they make the decision, but just the repercussions of these decisions that they make. They just keep um, doing it. It's like they just keep doing it. When have they gone five years without doing something that just pisses everybody off? When have they gone three years without doing something stupid that just pisses everybody off? Well, so nobody liked the way they did the nationals. Um, mm -hmm. So there we go. We've got a couple months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it's, that's why it's the old people because they've just been around for so many different things. Like, Oh man, you guys are doing this again. Oh, you guys are mad about what that's. It, it's just constantly something. George, when you listen to this, I want you to realize you're going to be one of these old people in six years. It's going to take some time. But in about six years, you're gonna be like, you know what? Let's go China. I'm sick of USAW. All right, all right. No, no, don't don't be taking it too far now. Um, okay, George will uh, never say that. <laughs> George will never say that. <laughs> that boy is at Tractor Supply right now. All of that stuff is made in the USA. <laughs> um, but 
speaking of that topic, I think it is important to keep those, um, uh, I don't know, those emotions in check and realize that it's, you know, not to take things personal. Like USAW might do something. It's, it's important. It's important not to get bitter. You know, if you can mm. somehow. They came at my girl, Alyssa. When they came at Alyssa, it was over. They came at Alyssa. That that was the last straw for me. Um. Well, that's something that can be prevented in the future. Um. Yeah, I I feel like I take more responsibility for what that that situation than USAW. Um. But still, yeah. it is annoying. Uh. The. Uh, the important thing is is to not let it make you get bitter because before you know it you're just going to be snapping at anything and you're going to be old and it's just <laughs> not going to make uh it's just not going to make sense to everyone and then you'll find yourself missing out on opportunities um but that's a hard thing to do it's a hard thing not to be bitter but i think it is important um to look at things from a, a fresh perspective take take a step back take a deep breath and just say all right, what's going on here? Like, but uh, I could see how that's hard, especially after time after time of certain things happening. Yeah, I I think that's that's just their only issue. It's not like they ever have something that's just that bad. It's not like it's something huge. It's just a bunch of little things that just keep pissing people off. Like, why? Why? It seems like with USAW once a year, you just think, why are they doing this? Why is this happening? And then after 10 years of that, you're like, oh, okay, that's just how they are. New people in there, same thing. Yeah. You know what I realized too is, you know how like different areas will have just like a, an isolated view of the world um, just because it's just so different. So like you'll have, um, I don't know, let's just say the Bible Belt. That's like a very clear, like they have a very isolated view of the world. And then you've got mm -hmm. something completely different like San Francisco. And I think another one of those places is Colorado because mm -hmm. everything is just so different there. They're very liberal. Um, they smoke a lot of weed there. And it's, you know, it's a very specific type of of a place. And I, you know, I'm not saying anything that's, that that's bad. I'm just saying that it's kind of a very unique place. And then when mm -hmm. you're running an organization that's national, national, and then you get, and especially from like an, a whole Olympic sports type thing, you're just hiring people from Colorado Springs. You're getting a very certain type of person that is working for USA weightlifting and probably some of the other things you know it probably changes a little bit especially with like working remotely and things like that um but it's like uh it's like when we had that podcast on here with that girl um that sent out the posters and she's in california or something and it was mm -hmm. like uh and just like the way she would say something the way that what i heard her say and like what her intentions were were completely different i mm -hmm. thought she was just trying to get a rise out of people and just throwing out aggressive stuff. And when really, when you talk to her and you can hear the tone in her voice, it's just something different. Um, it kind of goes back to that whole thing of don't immediately become aggressive or defensive. Take a step back, look at the whole picture. 
and realized that, uh, you know, a lot of these people working at USAW are all from Colorado and the things that they're around all day is, uh, different than the things that, uh, everyone else in the United States is around because not a lot of places are like Colorado. And that might be why everyone's mad at them is because things are just coming off as weird from these, uh, Colorado, what, what are they called? Coloradoans? Uh, oh, yeah. Something like that. Um, I, that that makes sense. I've I've never thought about it like that. So I mean, that does make sense. Yeah, that thought came into my mind once they hired this other guy, and I read the little bio on it, and they were like, uh, "Matt's the new CEO of USA Weightlifting. He lives in Colorado Springs <laughs> already, and he's gonna live there continually. Like, so that, like I could just." They didn't branch out. They, it, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I get that too, because you need people that are in the Olympic movement and people mm-hmm. that know what, what the deal is. You can't just hire like a fortune 500 company CEO to run a sport company. It's right. a, yeah, it wouldn't be the same. It would be interesting if like some like professional uh, CEO would come in and like actually bring some money. Well, didn't like a baseball. Well, wasn't Phil Andrews with the NHL first? Phil Andrews did the um, 2012 London Olympics. Okay. And he was working on organizing that. And then he came to the United States with USA Weightlifting. Um, I'm not sure who he was with before then. I thought he was just still in England. Okay. Maybe I might be wrong. Um, Okay. But... um, yeah, either way, he's he is now uh Phil Andrews with the old CEO of USA Weightlifting and he is now the CEO of USA Fencing. So, that's pretty cool. Um I think I he'll do he well there. Fencing. I didn't know yeah. that's where he went. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I think Phil is so organized and like cuz Phil didn't come from weightlifting. He's just a uh, a talented individual uh, and organized. And uh, I also think he just works nonstop. <laughs> um, and he does well in those CEO jobs. So I think he'll even, I think he'll do well in fencing. Um, I think he'll do well anyway, any which way he goes. I remember Charles Poliquin made a big uh, post one time on Facebook, kind of praising Phil Andrews. And he was like, yeah, if you guys want your organization to do good, you guys should just consider hiring Phil Andrews, like pretty much taking the sport from pre-Phil Andrews to like post-Phil Andrews, because mm-hmm. then you, you know, you start getting more medals and all that internationally just because of sport organization. Um, so you, people can be bitter as much as they want. Weightlifting in the United States went from like a lull to like a big high since Phil has kind of taken over. What year did he take um, over? Mm, he started working there in 2000, uh, right after the Olympics, so like 2012 or 2013. Um, I don't know when he took over as CEO, though. It Rana, might have been is, closer to 16. This is different. Um, I know this is slightly different, but when I was watching this 2011 World Championships, they were talking about how tickets were $20 and how that was really impressive that people were coming to watch for $20 because tickets were always free. So thinking about how the world championships was always free 
because nobody was flocking to it. And then thinking about how it was when the world championships was in America, when Phil was still CEO, like there's a, that's a big change. That's a big change. Yep. So I did a jujitsu competition the other weekend and oh, I saw uh, winning medals. You don't, yeah. lose. you don't lose. I I did lose one match cause I did gi and no gi and I, uh, I lost my first one. Um, and then, uh, I had to come back in semifinals and do a win. And so then I, best I could do was third, but then, uh, I did gi and I went back and I beat that guy and got first in gi. Um, but that, that, uh, it was pretty fun. Um, but I had to pay to do the competition, which was like $95. Um, and then if people wanted to come watch, they had to pay $15. So like, I told my family, like, don't come and watch. They were like three hours behind, super unorganized. Mm-hmm. And my matches, most of them ended by submission. So that was over in like two and a half minutes. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, me, I felt like I was the product, uh, and the consumer, you know, I have to pay Mm -hmm. to, uh, do this competition and then people have to pay to come watch it. Um, so it was just kind of like, Oh, this is stupid. Um, (laughs) you know, at least you could have given me like a free pass because I signed up, but I guess that's how they try to make money at these things. You know what you could Um, do? You could, uh, well, this isn't going to be any cheaper. I was going to say you could start golfing. (laughs) I mean, that's always out there. I mean, you have to pay, just start playing nines, just start playing nine holes, 25 bucks, go out there, play nine. Yeah, man, I like golf. I I took a class in college about golf where they taught us the biomechanics of the swing. And then they went out and they taught us the, uh, you know, we just went out and practiced golf. Um, We only had a par three on UNCW's course. Hmm. So we could only use like a seven iron. Yeah. Um, And uh, to this day, that's really like the only thing I can hit with. Like I can hit a driver the same distance I can hit a seven iron. Uh, you're just good with your seven. All right. Yeah, that's because I've only practiced that's with the seven. <laughs> so whenever I go golfing, I'm just like, I don't need to bring all this crap. Just give me a seven. Mm. It's gonna go the same <laughs> distance anyway. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm like that with a couple clubs, which makes no sense. And I know, and I'm like, man, I I shouldn't be this good with my sixty degree, but for some reason, I am. Yep. Yep, just naturally uh, gifted in one club. Um, yeah, I guess that's how it starts. You know, people in weightlifting, they tend to be naturally good at one, either snatch or clean and jerk. Usually snatch. not both. It oh, just no, takes that... more time to develop to get good at both. I think the worst thing that I can say was it took me like six weeks or so. My first time snatching, I missed 55 kilos and I was so confused. I'm like, there's no way I'm this weak. Took about six weeks and then I snatched 91 kilos. But the problem was my clean and jerk was 95 kilos. So I got way better at snatch than I did at clean and jerk. I just, it was all the clean. Like I'm snatching 91 and clean and jerking 95. I I just, I was not good at cleans. And it would get to the point where every time I would PR my snatch, I was like, damn it. Now I got to try to do better in clean and jerk because I'm getting way too close. 
I was all my first like year and a half. I was really close. Like what I my first meet, I PR'd my clean and jerk at one thirty two. Yeah, I was at one thirty two. Cause okay, so going into that meet, my best clean and jerk was one thirty. I was snatching one sixteen. Like I would just yeah. I could always snatch way more than I could clean and jerk. And it was never the jerk. I just couldn't clean. I missed my third attempt at that first meet because I missed the clean. We're gonna start calling you uh Andre Rybakov. <laughs> um, James, I am a product of you. That's, <laughs> I, I am a product of you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um that, that was definitely me as well. Uh I snatch and clean and jerk the same at my first meet. Um, so I went four for six. I made three snatches and I made my own opening clean and jerk. Hey, there you and go. My opening clean and jerk was the same as my last snatch. Hey, I'm uh, fine with it. Yeah, it happens. Uh, but then, as the, the more that you spend, uh, more time you spend in the sport, the better that ratio gets. Unless yep. you're Andre Rybakov and you snatched. 187 and you clean and jerk 193 what's his name because um, he went up he, he he went up to 94 and then he started doing stuff like that he snatched um, like 190 i think what's his name uh the 102 from china who snatched the world record 200 in a meet and then came out and missed a 210 clean and jerk like it's <laughs> like man and with him it wasn't even like he was bad at cleans or bad at jerks you didn't know which part he was going to mess up he was going to screw something up but he just wasn't a good clean and jerker. It wasn't like it was just he struggled with jerks. He might miss the clean. I just God, that's that's close. That's rough. Like nine, you snatched ninety five percent of the clean and jerk you just missed. Yeah, I think it was like he missed two ten, then hit two ten and hit two fifteen that meet. I think. I think that's how it went. It was wild. But if you're yep. gonna be good at something, I'd rather be good at snatch. Uh, I, yeah, uh, you come into the meet, start off strong, and hold on for dear life. Uh, that's that's how I'd rather do it. I don't think Dave Spitz would agree with you, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> either way, I think that is a uh, a good spot to end today's episode of talking about um, weightlifting in the 85 kilo weight class. So much depth there, a lot of fun. All right, Tyree, where can people find you? I am Tyree underscore Thor on Instagram. All right, and check us out at houseofweightlifting.com. I even put a blog up. If you want to order a fanny pack or anything, you can do that as well. Um, that's about it. Can't do anything else on there. Um, you, could find our, uh, you could find our podcast on there. 